It's been an awesome morning together as we've worshiped and uh, realized what God has done and who he is in each one of our lives. And I just hope and pray as we dive into his word together this morning that that same uh, excitement will continue to, to flow through us because as we've been talking about throughout this series is that we are to live our lives on mission, right? We are called to be on mission for God from the very beginning. Right, God gave us the mission for the church. That's over in Matthew 28 when he told us this. He said, go make disciples, right? The, the whole mission of the church, the whole call of the church is to make disciples. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always, even to the remote end of the world, even to the end of the world. He's going, listen, here's the call, here's the, the design, here's the mission that I'm giving you, and that's simply this, that you are to go make disciples. What that means is this, that we are to live our life on mission for him. We kicked off this series in the book of Acts, looking at Acts chapter 1 and looking at verse 8, which tells us that we will receive power, right, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And we will be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even to the uttermost parts of the world. And so as we're realizing that we're called to be on mission for God, we've got to realize something, that it starts with a passion to understand that God's called us to be missionaries, right? If you're here this morning and your life has been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ, and you've stepped from death to life, you've accepted the truth of his son coming, living a perfect life, dying on the cross and being resurrected from the dead. And by placing your trust in him, you have brand new life in Christ, life to live each and every day in his strength and in his power. If you have surrendered to that and submitted to that, you're called now to be a missionary. And your life is to be lived on mission for God day in and day out. And, and Brett preached last week from Micah 6.8 talking about the fact that, you know what, we're called to live on this mission. And as we're going on mission, we've got to realize something that we're actually trying to, to, uh, to, to look at life differently, right? And so, so what are we going to do? We're going to act justly right, towards everybody. We're going to love mercy and we're going to walk humbly with God. If we're going to participate in this mission, it, talk, it starts with us actually being active and walking and looking at the things that are going on around us and then participating in them, stepping into that entire situation. This morning, we're going to look at the, the next thing, which is this, which is praying for the mission, right? How do we pray for the mission? How are we specifically sitting back looking to say, God, I want to be on mission for you. I want to be praying for those who are on mission for you. And I want to be a part of what it is that you're doing both here in this community and then ultimately to the uttermost parts of the world. It starts with prayer. It's been said before that nothing can happen until we pray. But once we've prayed, anything can happen right? Until we've gotten on our face before God and we've asked him to intervene. We've asked him to be the way maker. We've asked him to be the miracle worker, the one that can step into any situation. We go in our own strength and our own power. Nothing's going to happen. But when we get on our knees before God and we begin to join forces with him and we ask him to open doors that we can never open, we ask him to work in lives that we thought, you know what, that person would never come to know Jesus Christ. That person is the furthest person away from Christ, and I would never see their life changing. It's when we get on our face before him that we begin to see different things happening. And so today I want to be in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and we're going to look at the first five verses of that together and talking about what is it that we're supposed to be praying for in this mission. 
When you walked in today, hopefully you got one of these cards from one of our ushers. And it's just a little index card, but what's on there is all of our mission partners, right? So we have 17 different mission partners that are out there, and you've got different cards that are spread out. We also have our kids' ministry right here at the church because that is a part of our mission to see disciples being made in Jesus Christ. You have our student ministry that are on some of these cards, and that is a huge part of us is to make disciples. You've got our ESL ministry that are on part of these cards. Why? Because all of these things that we're partnering with, we're partnering with them so that ultimately we can fulfill the mission that God has given us and the call that God has put on our lives. So hopefully you got that. If you got that, do me a favor. Just hold it up. Shake it at me. Let me see it. Awesome. Thank you. 15 of you did it. All right, that's fantastic, right? In a Baptist world, that's like 80%. And so here's what I want you to do. Maybe you can flip it over and use the back of your card if you want to write down the notes of what we're going to talk about. Don't look too closely at these or you'll have all my notes already, all right? But just on the back of that card, maybe it's something that you want to jot down and begin to walk through, or maybe you want to use something else that you currently use as a notebook. But here's my prayer. As we walk through this today and as we leave this place, I want you to take this card and I want you to put it in a spot that you're going to see it every single day. And I want you to be reminded when you see it that God has called us to be on our face, to be partnering with the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be partnering together to see what God can do as we live lives on mission. And these are the things that we're going to talk about today that I want you to be praying specifically for as we walk through each one of these things. But let's look at what God's word says in 2 Thessalonians 3, beginning in verse 1. Paul tells us this. He says, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified just as it did also with you, and that we will be rescued from perverse and evil men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord concerning you, that you are doing and will continue to do what we command. May the Lord direct your hearts in the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the truth of your word. And God, I pray that these words that Paul shares with us here in 2 Thessalonians 3, God, that they would become etched upon our heart today. God, not only would we write them down and not only would they be etched in our mind, but God, they'd be etched in our heart and that we would realize that the key to the mission is being on our knees before you. Because, Father, it's through prayer that you begin to change our lives. You begin to change our heart, Lord. You begin to change our own focus. And so, Father, I pray that as we walk through this together, that, God, you would open eyes this morning. And, God, that we would become the prayer warriors that you desire us to be. And that we would be lifting up each one of these partners, Father, to see the gospel reach so many different generations and so many different people. And, God, may we see lives changed. And Father, if there's anyone here this morning that has walked into this place and they are in search of your truth, then God, I pray that this morning would be the morning that they say, that just made sense to me, it clicks with me, and today is the day that they would step from death to life and experience what it is in you and to walk with you and to just fall deeper and deeper in love with you. Father, bless the time that we have together this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Here's what I love about what Paul gives us here in 2 Thessalonians is because a lot of times what we do is we pray blanket prayers. 
right? We, we pray these big blanket prayers. God bless so-and-so and God do this and, and, and God, thanks for, thanks for hearing me. Thanks for doing what you're going to do. And so we throw out these big things and all these different things that are going around. But the reality is, is that God's desire sometimes is for us to be specific in how we pray, to pray specific things because the specific things begins to change our hearts and how we're looking at life and how we're thinking about these partners. And so inside of these five verses, Paul's going to give us three specific things that we're called to be praying for, that he's requesting us to be praying for. And I truly believe that if we'll pray these three things over the people on our card, that God's word will begin to, to reach a different generation and we'll see more and more people come to know Jesus Christ. So what are those three things that Paul tells us to pray for? Number one is simply this. He says, pray for the spreading of the message, right? He says, pray for the spreading of the message that we're out here proclaiming, right? Let's look at what he says here beginning in verse one. He says, finally, brethren, pray for us, what? That the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified just as it did also with you. Paul's saying, here's what I'm asking you guys to pray for. And I really believe that our prayer partners and our ministry partners and every single person that's on that card uh, that you have in front of you today would say the exact same thing. Here's what I'm asking. I'm asking you to be active in your prayer towards the spreading of the gospel. May it be uh, rapidly spreading so that when people hear it, it radically transforms their life and things change instantly. As I was reading through this and I was thinking about it, I was like, all right, Paul, why are you praying that? Why are you praying that the gospel, this truth of Jesus Christ, would rapidly spread everywhere that you guys get to go share the truth of the gospel? Why are you asking that? And I really felt like God just kind of impressed upon my heart and he said this. He said, listen, how many times did you have to hear the truth before you believe the truth? How many times did you sit under the truth of God's word? How many times did you hear the clarity of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Where you realize, Jay, listen to me, that you have been separated from God because of sin in your life and that you are no longer in a right relationship with him, but you've been separated from him. And here's the reality, Jay, no matter what you try to do, you can't get close enough to be back in a right relationship with God. Your good will never outweigh your bad. This is not how it works. You will always come up short. You'll never be good enough to get there. But listen to me. Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, he took upon himself every bit of sin and every bit of shame that you ever had in your life. And in him, you have everlasting life. And your life will be changed forever. You know what? I heard that message for eight solid years of my life. I heard it from preachers. I heard it from different pastors inside of our church. I heard it from my mom and my dad because they constantly lived it out in front of me. I heard the message of the gospel repeatedly over and over and over again before it radically changed my life. And the question I have for you this morning is this, how many times did it take for you to understand the truth and say yes to what Jesus Christ had done for you? 
See, there may be some of you here in the room that, you know what, it was the first conversation that one of your neighbors had. Maybe God just opened your heart and opened your ears and you said, that's what I want. I'm in desperate need for that. Maybe for some of you, it's taken 30, 40, 50 years that you've been under the gospel. You've been hearing the truth of God's word, but it hasn't clicked yet for you in your life. Here's what Paul's saying. He's going, here's what I'm asking for. Would you pray for the gospel to be understood and for it not to take so many years in somebody's life before they say yes to Jesus Christ? May they be able to hear the truth, grasp the truth, and surrender and say yes to the truth very, very quickly as we're out here proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And listen to me, that's exactly what our prayer should be. God, here's what I'm asking for as we pray for the kids' ministry here at Peachtree Corners Baptist Church. God, would you make the gospel so clear? And God, would they begin to grasp it and understand it so that they would surrender their lives to it so that prayerfully, Father, they wouldn't fall into some of the, the, the pitfalls I've fallen into in my life. That they wouldn't make some of the decisions that I've made in my life. God, would you take our students and would you let the gospel just resonate in their heart? God, in such a way that when they hear it, it just empowers them to say yes to you and that it radically changes their life forever. God, would those students that are in ESL, God, would they hear the truth of the gospel and would they surrender their lives to it completely and rapidly? God, may your word go forth and may it spread like never before. You see, when we begin to pray those kind of prayers, what happens is this, that God begins to change our own heart. Because I can't pray for one of our missionaries, somebody that's on another part of the, the continent and look out and go, hey, I'm praying for the word of God to spread rapidly in those areas, right? I'm praying for Ian and Katie Brew and I'm praying in Spain and the Bosque people group and God, would you just open their hearts to the gospel? Would you let them hear it and understand it and where they could be completely surrendered to it no matter what? God, that's what I'm asking. That's what I'm leaning on you for. And God, that's what I want to see because here's the deal. I start praying that for Ian and Katie, which is what I'm supposed to be doing. Here's what God begins to do and says, hey, guess what, Jay? You're my missionary here. How are you spreading the gospel where you are? You see, when we start praying this for our partners, God begins to change our own heart. And here's what we begin to pray. God, I want to see the gospel spread in my family. God, for those who do not yet know you inside of my own family, I want to see them come to know you. God, for those in my neighborhood that don't know you, I want them to come to know you. God, for those in my office that don't know you, I want to see them come to know you. Praying this kind of a prayer for God to spread the gospel begins to open our minds and our hearts to say, God, here's what I know is that you've called me to share it, and I want to share it just as well. Pray for that partner. Pray for your opportunities. Pray for those things for God to be able to use it so that the gospel is heard, that it makes sense, that it clicks early on. Paul says, pray that the, God, that the message of the gospel would be spread. Number two, he says this. He says, pray for safety of the messenger, right? He says, pray for safety of those who are carrying the gospel, who are carrying the message. Look at what it says here in verse two. He says, also pray this, that we will be rescued from perverse and evil men, for not all have faith. You know, as we're praying for our partners here and we're thinking about some of the areas that they're in, sometimes immediately what comes to mind is danger. 
right? Because some of these people take themselves and their spouses and their families and they immediately are transported to a different place and they go into a different area and they take the gospel into those areas. And so for us, if you have a different group on your card and there's somewhere from the Middle East or there's somewhere where the gospel is closed off and it's not open to hearing the truth of God's word, it's easy for us to say, yes, I'm praying for safety. I'm praying God for a hedge of protection to be put around those people. Because anyone this morning that is in danger of their life being taken from them by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, Father, would you wrap your arms around them? And that's exactly what we should be doing. But it's not just the people that are in a closed area that we should be praying for safety. Because here's what Paul understands. Paul says, listen, as passionate as we are about the gospel, and as passionate as we are about God's call in our life to go share the gospel and to take this truth to everybody that we talk to, there's one who's just as passionate on the other side of this thing that never wants the gospel to get out. And he's looking to shut us down at any possible chance that he can get. And Paul says what he's doing is he's using other people who have become perverse and who have become wicked and they're doing things to step in the way of the gospel. And because of that, there's all kinds of distractions that are out there. And so as we're praying for our partners, we need to be praying for safety if they're in an area of danger. We need to be praying for those distractions that continue to pop up in front of them going, God, here's what I'm asking. I'm asking that you would put a hedge of protection around them, that you would overcome the evil one. And God, that nothing would be able to stop them from sharing the truth of the gospel. Both of those things we should be praying for. But here's what I really think, one of the greatest prayers that we can pray for each one of our partners and for each person in this room that's living as a missionary from Jesus Christ. And that's simply this, pray that they don't get discouraged. Pray that they don't get discouraged. Because here's what happens is when we constantly are sharing the gospel and we're giving our life and many of our missionaries that are out and have left their homes and they're now serving in other places. And guess what? It's tough soil. And they're not seeing a lot of people taking a step towards Christ. They're not seeing a lot of change and transformation taking place. Here's what happens is they start getting discouraged. They start wondering, should I even be here? Am I making a difference? Is anything that I'm doing different because we showed up? And the answer is absolutely yes, it is. Because Paul wants to remind us in verse 3 here, he says, listen, he says, the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. How, how do you overcome being in the dangerous situations? How do you overcome being in, distracted from sharing the truth of God's word? How do you overcome being discouraged that you're not seeing anything happen? You remember that the one who has called you to be living your life on mission is faithful and you're confident in who he is and you're confident in what it is that he wants to do in your life. You see, the reality is God doesn't promise us that when we open our mouth with the truth of the gospel that someone's going to respond immediately and say yes. But what he does promise is that if we'll be faithful in sharing it, he'll be faithful to do what he does because salvation belongs to the Lord. He's the only one who can see someone step from death to life. And Paul needed to be reminded of that. Paul said, man, we're facing all kinds of stuff out here. Because just as passionate as we are about this, Satan is just as passionate about it not happening. And so here's what I'm praying. Would you just pray for safety? Would you pray for us to continue doing the work that God has called us to do? 
He says, pray that the message gets spread. He said, pray that the messenger stays safe. And the last thing he says is this. He says, pray for strength from the master. Pray specifically for God to be the one that strengthens throughout this entire process. Look at verse 4. Paul says, we have confidence in the Lord concerning you that you're doing and will continue to do what we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. You know, when we have these partners that we're praying for, here's the prayers. God, yes, I want the gospel to be spread wherever it is that this guy is serving or wherever it is that this family is serving in whatever ministry, God, that I have the privilege of praying for. God, I want to see the gospel spread like wildfire, and I want people to be able to understand it and submit their lives to it quickly. God, I'm praying for um, you just to, to work and keep them safe in the process. I'm praying for our kids ministers. I'm praying for our student pastors. I'm praying for uh, those that are working in ESL ministries. I'm praying for each one that's working here in Whirlwind Missions and at Family Heritage Foundation. And I'm praying for uh, those that are in Bangladesh. God, I'm praying for each one of these things. Would you just completely wrap your arms around them and keep them safe and keep them strengthened in you? Because Paul says, here's the last thing I want you to understand is this, is that as we're out here doing these things and we're surrendering our lives to it, we're submitting our lives to everything, the only thing that's going to keep us going is twofold. Number one, it's this, is that the Lord directs our heart in this love. It's a constant reminder every single day of who I am in him. It's a constant reminder of every day, God, the more I get a clear picture of you, The more that I understand who you are, the more that I understand the vastness of your unbelievable love for me, here's what I'm realizing, the less I know about you. Because God, you are mighty and you are massive and I can never fully comprehend your love no matter what. And so the only way I'm going to be strengthened as a missionary, the only way any of us are going to be strengthened as a missionary, the only way our partners are going to be strengthened as missionaries is for them to understand and for us to understand how much God loves us. Because when we get a clearer picture of that, that's what strengthens us to be on mission for him. What does he say? He says, when we understand the love of God, then it begins to see the steadfastness of Christ. What does that mean? It means this. We look at the life of Jesus, who was the greatest example ever given. What did you hear Jesus doing? He was always relying on his father. He was always spending time with him. Every morning when the disciples woke up and they couldn't find him, where was he? He was alone spending time with father. What did he say? He said, I can do nothing but what the Father tells me to do. I'm so in tune with him. I understand his plan. I understand his purpose. And my life is going to be completely surrendered to him. And what did we see? We saw Jesus walk through this life with his eyes completely focused on his Father. And he persevered through all of it because he understood something. He understood the love of God. He understood the love of God. And when we understand the love of God, we'll persevere in whatever the mission is that he puts in front of us. Paul understood that because Paul would say, listen, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Here's what I know. God loves me more than anything, and I'm going to continue to serve him, and I'm going to be on mission for him. I'm going to do everything that I can to fulfill the purpose that he has put forth in front of my life. 
That's what I want more than anything else. And hey, if they kill me, all they're doing is taking something from this tent, but they can never take my soul who God already has in his hands because there's nothing that can separate me from him. See, the only way we have that kind of strength is when we know who God is and we know what God's called us to and we say, listen, there's nothing going to stop us from accomplishing the purpose that God has for us. My prayer is that for every one of these partners is that they would see the gospel spread. They would see the fruit from the work that they've been doing, the labors that they've been doing. That there would be such security that if they're here this morning and, or, or they're sitting somewhere this morning and maybe they're sitting there discouraged or maybe they've gotten distracted, that, that God would just wrap his arms around them and he would remind them this morning of who he is and he would remind them of how much that he loves them and they would refocus on the purpose that God's called them towards to ultimately see more people come to know him and become fully devoted followers of his. It's one of the greatest ways that we get to participate in this whole mission that God's called us on is through prayer. And here's what I want us to do today. I want us to close out our service with just a few minutes in prayer. And I want you to just grab that card that, that you received when you came in and I want you just to, to begin to read over it and I want you to pray specifically in the next two minutes these three things over that person. Because what I want us to do today is this. I want us to start now for what we want to commit to do for the next year with these partners so that God can use us to be a part of what he wants to do around the world. So take that card and let's spend just a few moments in prayer before we're dismissed today.